like just even more impressed that sometimes you can be impressed with somebody when they sing or they play an instrument or they preach. But it's another thing to be impressed when you spend time with the individual outside of the ministry that they do. Because to me, ministry and personality should be the same thing. I don't want to be one person in the pulpit and then a different person somewhere else. And uh, so I appreciated spending time with them. I'll probably embarrass them, but I said to my wife, I said, you know, it was neat. I said, Sister Hart is Brother Hart's biggest fan in the world. <laughs> she was talking about all the things he does well, and he's the best at this and the best at that. And I sat there, and I was so impressed by that because what we just, we just had a message last week about purity and integrity and talking on Father's Day about these things. And if you remember, I said that the respect that I get in my home, I don't have to look anywhere else for it because my wife is my biggest fan. And so I appreciated spending time with them and hearing them interact with one another. So you'll be happy to hear that their talent and their integrity and their godliness is not limited to what you're going to see and hear in the, the microphone and in the pulpit today. But this is a man and a woman of God who are men and women of integrity, being spirit-led, and they're going to have a word from God for you here today or watching online. And so would you please stand to your feet and help me welcome Brother and Sister Hart to this pulpit. Could we do that for just a few more moments all over this house? Let's clap our hands and lift our voices and let's just give God a little bit of praise in this house this morning. Anybody believe he really is worthy of every praise that you can offer unto him? We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Praise God. Well, I'm thankful I know him in the power of the Holy Ghost this morning. Worship the Lord with us today. Nobody, nobody but Jesus to take my sin away. I searched all over, couldn't find nobody, nobody but Jesus. Hear me when I pray. They told me it was over. I believed there was no way out. I tried of this whole world and its misery did mount. But I finally found an altar where the glory it did roll. And before I walked back out the door, the Holy Ghost filled my soul. I searched all over, couldn't find nobody, nobody but Jesus to take my sin away. Hey, I searched all over, couldn't find nobody, nobody but Jesus to hear me. Up 
in Jesus' name. He filled me with a Holy Ghost power to stay. I said he heard me. He heard me when I prayed. He healed me. He helped me when I was lame. He raised me. Raised me up in Jesus' name. He filled me with the Holy Ghost power to stay. I searched all Nobody, hey, nobody but Jesus, take my sin away. Hey, I searched all over, could find nobody, nobody but Jesus, hear me when I pray. I searched all over, could find nobody, nobody but Jesus, take my sin away. Hey, I searched all over. Sunday morning, somebody clap your hands with everything you've got within you. Somebody give God great praise today. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Well, you can be seated or you can stay standing. Just worship the Lord with us, all right? If anybody knows about the love of Jesus, well, I do. Yes, I Somebody say amen to that. When I was searching, he sought me out. And he gave me answers. He took away my doubts. And when I was struggling to find my place, well, I heard the sweetest sound. To me from the throne, it was a song of love. 
It is such an honor to be with you all this morning, and we're going to sing one more song, and I was going to sing a completely different song, but this was on my heart, and I'm going to share just a minute of a testimony because I believe when we come into the house of God, our faith should be built up because when we leave this place, I believe we should leave encouraged. We should believe without a doubt that whatever we are facing, God can do it and God can make a way through it. And my dream since I was just a little girl was to sing for Jesus. That's all I ever wanted to do. And I did. I led worship at my home church. And when I was 15 years old, I was leading worship one Sunday morning. And there was a terrible pain in my jaw. And I went home and I told my parents and we prayed. And they said, I'm sure it's just your wisdom teeth. We'll get it figured out. So we went to the orthodontist and the specialist and they took x-rays and we really weren't expecting anything. And he came back into that room and he just stared at us and he said, you have extreme TMJ. There is no cartilage on one side of your jaw and there is hardly any on the other side. And he looked at me, and the first thing he said is, if you are a singer, you will not be able to sing anymore because it will destroy your jaw. He said, you won't even be able to open your mouth anymore. And I laughed. I said, oh, I sing all the time. He said, no, you won't be able to sing anymore. And I went home that day. I didn't even say a word on the car ride home. I was too frustrated. I went home and I banged on the piano at my parents' house. And I sang at the top of my lungs just to show myself more than anyone that this wasn't true. And the pain literally consumed me. And I locked myself in my dad's office, and I just wept and wept and wept because I knew, even though I was young, it was more than just a little girl's dream. This was something God was putting in my heart. And I wept in frustration because it was him who promised it. It was him who called me, and I didn't understand it. And for eight months, it got to the point I literally could hardly open my mouth, and the pain consumed my every single day, a pain that was even deeper because when I would be on the front row at my church, it was my praise to sing for him, and it was painful, and it hurt, but you know what? Just because there is pain in your life and pain in your body doesn't mean we need to stop our praise to him even when we don't understand it, even when he has promised us something. And so I kept praising him and I kept lifting him up and somehow I did have the faith in my heart through those eight months to know that God was going to heal me. God was going to make a way when every doctor gave the same report and said the same thing and nothing was helping. Somehow I had walked with him long enough to know he was faithful and if he's called us, I promise he will bring us through in eight months. 
months went by. We were having a revival service. An evangelist was there. My parents pastor a church in Moose Lake, Minnesota. And my dad looked at me Friday night and he said, I want you to lead worship from the piano tonight. And I did. And in that service, a friend from my high school was there in the middle of song service while I was singing. She came to the front and lifted her hands and the Lord filled her with the Holy Ghost. I will never forget that moment as I watched just in tears as I sang. I was just so overwhelmed by the goodness of God. And I sat down and there was absolutely no pain in my jaw. Isn't it funny when the miracle comes, we can hardly believe it. We prayed, we believed for eight months. I didn't even say anything that night and the mornings were always the worst. I woke up the next morning. There was no pain. My jaw has literally been restored. That might not seem like a lot to you, but that is everything to me because that's my calling. That's my miracle from Jesus. That's my healing. And if that doesn't build your faith, I don't know what will because I stand before you. That was 10 years ago and I'm singing for him every day he is still our healer that is what I want to remind us this morning no matter what you are facing healing looks different for everyone it may be mental it might be emotional or it might just be physical but I promise he is still our healer that is what I want to remind us this morning he's still worthy oh could you worship with him the Lord gave me this song Life can always send those unexpected storms, but there's always hope in the worst of you've almost excelled. 
I wish we could stand to our feet all over this sanctuary and lift our hands toward a God that is still able to heal even today in this house. If you have a need, I wish you'd lift your hands and your voices in faith believing that today in this building, the miracle worker is here. The healer is in this house today. Come on, I think we ought to take about 30 seconds and just exalt him for his greatness. I think we ought to just allow our faith to come alive right now. Hallelujah. Come on, I'm telling somebody in the Holy Ghost, whatever you need in your life today, it can happen in this house, in this service. If you need healing in your body, if you need a miracle to take place in your life, I'm telling you, Jesus is able. Jesus is able. Hallelujah. It can happen today in this service. 
Jesus' name. Jesus' name. And I would tell somebody today, this isn't my sermon, but I just feel this quickened in my spirit right now. I would tell somebody in this building that you have a great need. You have a you have a tremendous circumstance in your life and hell has told you that you'll never be healed you'll never receive a miracle and things will never change and hell has even told you that it, that is so because you don't have enough faith to believe God for a healing and a miracle in your body I tell you today that you do have enough faith That may be a word for just one person in this building, but I tell you, you do have enough faith. If you'll put all of it in the power of our great God, I'm convinced He is still able and He still responds to even the smallest amount of faith that is properly placed in His name, His word, and His power. Amen. Amen. Somebody just nudge your neighbor and tell them you got enough. I forgot we're supposed to social distance. Just give them a mean look and tell them you got enough. You got enough faith. My, my, what a beautiful presence of God is in this building today. I feel like something good is getting ready to happen in this place. In fact, I believe it's already started in this house. There's a... There's a divine unction of the Spirit of the Lord upon this place today. And I'm excited. I am expecting, believing that God is going to touch every life. Here's the thing. God, God will always meet you at the point of your need. If you're willing to put forth the faith and the effort and the obedience, amen, to meet God and allow His power to do its intended work in your life. Amen. And I, I want to turn your attention to the Gospel of Luke, the ninth chapter, the eleventh verse, and I want to preach what I feel in the Holy Ghost today. And I challenge you not to just respond to uh, a Sunday morning sermon, but I challenge you to open your heart, open your spirit, and to receive not not just a, a sermon, but receive the Word of God and allow His Word to build up your faith and to quicken your spirit and respond to his word and his spirit that is moving in this house today and I believe God is going to do a great work it's an honor and a privilege for my wife and I to be here today we, we so uh, are, are privileged to be with your pastor and his wife and their family we had such a great time last night visiting with them and getting to know them a, a little bit better and we, we consider it a high honor to stand in this pulpit today and to minister to this great congregation and we rejoice in the great things that God is doing. Luke the ninth chapter, the 11th verse and the people when they knew it followed him speaking of Jesus and he received them and spake unto them the kingdom of God and healed them that had need of healing. Verse 12, and when the day began to wear away, then came the twelve and said unto him, Send the multitude away, that they may go into the towns and the country round about and lodge and get victuals. That's food. For we are in a desert place. I preached to us on this 
beautiful Sunday morning on this thought, when the day wears away. When the day wears away. If you're going to help me preach, would you shout amen one time? God bless you. Thank you for standing and worshiping with us. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. The multitudes were fascinated with Jesus. With no regard to his privacy or personal retreat with the twelve, the multitude followed Jesus from their towns and their villages out into the apparently not so remote wilderness in which we find our text recording this occurrence. There, Jesus sits on a rock in the desert, twelve angry and frustrated disciples behind him, and a multitude of desperate souls before him. Miseries of all kinds gathered there in the presence of the Master in Scripture indicates to us that there was not one of them that had gathered that day that Jesus did not heal. Yet as it often does when you are submersed and when you are saturated, just caught up in the presence of God, kind of like how we feel today, just overwhelmed and consumed by His presence. Time got away from them and daylight began turning into dusk. The crowd began to grow hungry as One commentator said that it was past the time to eat their evening supper, yet there was not sufficient food for them in this wilderness that would satisfy the hunger of such a great multitude of people. Therefore, a solution was presented unto Jesus. Luke accounts it in his ninth chapter and twelfth verse. The twelve came unto Jesus and said unto him, Send the multitude away that they may go into the towns and country round about and lodge and get food. For we are in a desert place. The day had been long. Those tired twelve were ready to escape the crowd for a peaceful evening to themselves. Therefore, it only seemed to them practical and also logical to make this decision, to draw this line and send everyone away to find their own evening supper. Luke records their solution To the dilemma between the two circumstantial reasons of why they deemed their assessment to be appropriate. It's there in that 12th verse. Reason number one, Luke says, the day is wearing away. Reason number two, we are in a desert place. To put it simply, Luke is Painting the picture and establishing the plot of the story. And to put it quite simply, Luke was telling us that the time was late and the place was barren. The day was quickly passing and this 
desert in which they stood was parched. But I come on this Sunday morning to ask the question, since when do the circumstances of our lives limit or relinquish the ability of an almighty God who is before all things and by Him all things consist. God is not restricted by time or the lack thereof. God is not bound even by barrenness. Would you consider with me both Sarah and Elizabeth who after being barren, the Bible says they gave birth to sons in their old age. Time was past. Their womb was barren. But even still, God was unhindered. And I come on this Sunday morning to preach that, oh, if you and I could lift up our eyes from the dismal day and the daunting hour in which we live, and, oh, that we could set our gaze upon the unrestrained power of God God that is awaiting our faith. Let me just camp out and preach right there for about 12 seconds. I believe God is waiting on our faith. There's not a thing that He cannot do. There's not a problem He cannot solve. But I believe God withholds His hand and reserves His power. And He sometimes He waits on the faith of His people to make a declaration. I know you're able and I'm petitioning you in faith that you would respond in a demonstration of your power. I've made up in my mind on this Sunday morning if God is waiting for my faith, if the miracle that God is wanting to do hinges on my faith, I'm not holding anything back. If my own healing hinges on my asking Him, I'm starting to feel at home this morning. I see a whole lot of people with dire need in their life. Yet when we call for prayer, amen, they seem to be the last one to step out. Or sometimes they just hang out. And I struggle with that in my mind. For if we really have a need and we really know God is able, why would we withhold our faith from a God that is waiting and He is willing to do miracles, signs, and wonders in our midst. Oh, I wish somebody would clap your hands and just let God know on the outset today, I'm going to give everything I have to you, every measure of faith. The day, Luke says, began to wear away. Sunlight was slipping behind the horizon as nightfall was nearing. The heat of the day was fading into a cool evening breeze. The sky would turn a temporary shade of orange as it transitioned into darkness. The stars were soon finding their twinkle and the moon was preparing to glow. 
Just an hour or so earlier, a few hours in that afternoon, not a care was made and not a thought was given to any limit on the power of God. Jesus had preached to them. This was supposed to have been his his, uh, retreat with his disciples. They were trying to slip away into obscurity for a day or two just to get alone, to retreat to themselves. But the crowd followed them and out of compassion Jesus didn't turn them away he didn't send them away because he never sends those away with a longing for him there's a lot of preaching this today and I'm going to do my best to hurry and preach what I feel and nothing more, nothing less and just let God do His work in this building today. But they just wanted this day to themselves. Yet Jesus took time and He preached the kingdom unto them. He revealed His power unto them. He healed the sick all day long. Yet now in the evening hour, this Coming darkness seemed to change everything. They had had faith for healing that same afternoon. But it seems now in the evening hour they have no faith left to believe God for provision. that they believe for many miracles by day they bypass and they believe him not for this need by night oh as long as the sun was shining it seemed easy for them to believe on God as long as the day burned bright it seemed easy for them to have trust but now they trust him no longer because the hour was late I can't help but 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 look at this circumstance. A, a hungry people in a wilderness. I can't help but go back to the Old Testament and wonder, could God not rain down manna from heaven for them just as He had done for the children of Israel in their wilderness? Could He not have done that miracle? Just as easy as he had opened the blinded eye and made well the withered hand. So in light of their weakness that day, I come on this Sunday morning to declare unto you and I that we must not lose our faith in God. You and I must not lose our trust in his all-sufficient supply even amid the increasing darkness darkness of this day in which we live. Oh, the night may be closing in upon us, but as long as Jesus is in our midst, may we never forget that He is in fact well able to supply all your need according to His riches in glory. Let me pause and tell you, it doesn't matter how big it is, it doesn't matter how small it is, God is no respecter of person and he's no respecter of need therefore we can believe him and we can have faith for him in every problem that we face he is able in those evening hours which led up to Christ's crucifixion 
amid a most urgent and uncertain hour in Jerusalem, Jesus told Simon Peter this, Behold, Satan hath desired to have you. But Jesus said, I've prayed for you that thy faith fail not. And I believe that same prayer of the master for Simon uh, reaches into this day. I believe that same prayer is an admonition uh, for the church uh, in 2020 uh, that our faith uh, fail not. However dark it may get between now and the coming of the Lord. May our faith in God remain strong. May we not succumb to the madness and the mayhem that's all around us. May we not be shaken by the spirit of fear that is running rampant in our society. May we not be overcome by the darkness of sin and the powers of evil. For I boldly declare to you today that our hope is not in a government. Our hope is not in a politician. Our hope is not in an election. Our hope is not in medical science. Our hope's not in the CDC or Dr. Fauci or whatever his name is. Our, our, our hope is not in some mortal man at all. Our hope, our faith is rooted and grounded in the never changing word and truth of our God. My hope is in Jesus Christ. And I know and believe beyond any shadow of a doubt that he is more than able to do all things. Jesus expressed his desire by way of a question in Luke the 18th chapter when he asked, When the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith? On the earth. Now, Jesus asked the question, but it seems as if he left the answer up to us. Will he find faith on the earth? I was to write my own translation, I might consider writing that this way. Will you be found full of faith when the Son of Man cometh? That is the choice that you and I must make. That when Jesus comes back, I'm not going to be found weary. I'm not going to be found discouraged. I'm not going to be found depressed. I'm not going to be found full of fear. But I'm going to be sure that when the Son of Man cometh, He finds me full of faith in His Word and in His power. Amen. I believe Jesus' soon return is not only for a people that have been covered by His blood and baptized in His name and filled with His Spirit, but I believe He's coming back for those who have fought the good fight, who have finished the course, and who have kept the faith. 
I've been reading in Acts lately, studying the life of Paul. And you can't, you can't study Paul without uh, learning a little bit about his, his first comrade in ministry, Barnabas. Uh, and I love how Barnabas was described uh, at that 11th chapter uh, of the book of Acts. Uh, I believe uh, we also uh, should be described uh, in the same manner. Uh, They described Barnabas, Luke did, uh, like this, uh, being full uh, of the Holy Ghost uh, and uh, of faith. believe that's something we need to work on. Amen. We know how to talk in tongues to the day is long. Amen. But we must make sure that we are just as full of faith even amid a dark day and a trying hour. We don't need more people full of fear. We need somebody full of faith. We don't need more people full of doubt. We need somebody that's full of faith. We don't need more people full of skepticism and carnality. We need somebody that is full of the Holy Ghost and of faith. Somebody clap your hands and shout yes. Could it be that the reason the multitude was so quick to believe on Jesus for the healing of their bodies was because that was beyond their own ability to do themselves. But when it came to their overdue evening meal, they never considered consulting the master's provision because they knew they could do that Without him. I can't open my blind eye. I have to believe God for that. But I know how to find food. I know how to. Even when the cupboard is empty. I'll go find something to eat. They had the faith to believe on God. For miracles, signs, and wonders in their physical bodies. But when it came time for their evening supper that seemed to be non-existence, they allowed their doubt to convince them that you'll have to provide that and you'll have to leave the presence of God in order for that need to be supplied. Well, I feel my help coming about right now. I believe there's a spirit in our world that's loose right now that's trying to get into the church that says there's just some things you might have to go somewhere else and find. You might have to look somewhere else to find what answers this need and that need. Ladies and gentlemen, I've made up in my mind. I'm not going anywhere else. I'm not looking for another. Everything I need is right here found in Jesus Christ. In fact, one gospel writer, it wasn't Luke, maybe Matthew, but I can't remember. One of them said this, Jesus told the disciples concerning the hunger of the crowd, Jesus said they need not depart. 
I believe we need to understand that in this end time hour, we don't need to go looking for some other truth. We don't need to go believing some other gospel or following some other way. Because yes, there are new needs that this day has presented. But I still believe that Jesus is still the answer. His word is still our only hope. This apostolic one God message is still the answer for the world today. I wish I had somebody that believed that with me today. Jesus said they need not depart. If I, if I responded to their faith earlier, I can do a miracle right now if they will just believe on me. Is it that we, we have this human tendency to categorize our problems and even calculate our responses by how manageable the problem seems according to our own might. If we can do it, if we can fix it, if we can solve it, if we can reason it away, then we just figure God right out of the equation. Well, if I can do this, well, I'm not going to trouble Jesus. If I can do this, it'll make me feel better that I, 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 I bypassed God. Well, glory. It's been fun coming to the Refuge Church. We'll see you in the rapture, I guess. I, I'm just making myself at home. I hope it's all right. We just figure God right out and we say, well, if, if I can handle that, then, then I'll take care of that. But, but, but this problem, when it, when it comes to cancer, when it comes to the coronavirus, that's beyond my power to control. That's beyond my power to manage. I'll have, I have no other choice but to trust God. I wonder how frustrated that must make God. That we only come to Him with the big stuff we can't handle ourselves. I don't believe it. In fact, I don't believe that's trust at all. If we can only believe in the power of God for the things that we can't handle, we're not totally and fully trusting in God. We must get to the place where we trust Him with every need. However big it is, however small it is, however magnificent it is, however, however manageable it is. I've become convinced that we need God at all times. What did Scripture say? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not. Lean not unto thine own understanding. Therefore, we must come to the place where we boldly declare, even if I can fix this problem myself, I want God involved. Even if I can figure it out, even if I can work around it, I'm not going to bypass God. I need Him in every decision. I need Him in every choice. I need Him with every step that I take. I need Him in my life. 
time has never been more urgent. Nor has it ever been more necessary that we depend upon the Lord. As it was in Luke 9, so it is even now. The day is wearing away. Ladies and gentlemen, we are nearing the end of time. Morals are morals have already worn away from among our culture. God consciousness has faded, it seems, from all familiarity. Integrity and character becoming harder to find. Darkness has saturated our society. Even has befallen us at an unprecedented rate. Offense and hate and, and disunity and upheaval are ruling our society. Sin has surpassed, far surpassed in fact, the boundary of what any God-fearing believer ever thought was possible. Making it clearly evident that in 2020 the day is wearing away. This dispensation of grace will soon be over and we shall all soon stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Therefore, it behooves us to discern the signs of the time that we be not blinded to the midnight hour that is so quickly approaching. May all of us in this room today be as those five wise virgins who took oil in their vessels and trimmed their lamps. For when the cry was made at midnight, behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. The Bible says that they that were ready went in with him to the marriage. So I come on this Sunday morning. I know I'm new. I'm new to you. You're new to me. And we're still trying to get to know each other today. But I feel a special anointing in this place today. And I've come to tell you that nightfall is nearing. And time is short. And I believe we soon shall hear the midnight cry. That shall call the bride of Christ to rise. Just as the sky is reflective of dusk just before the sky is darkened, so are these times in which we live reflective of the coming of the Lord. Jesus, I won't go through all this. Jesus foretold that ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There'll be earthquakes in diverse places. There'll be famines and pestilences and fearful sights, false prophets deceiving many. He says that there, because iniquity will abound, the love of many shall wax cold and men's hearts shall fail them for fear. Yet Jesus said when you see these things beginning to come to pass don't look to your left or to your right. Don't look to some man. Don't look to a government. Jesus said look up for your redemption draweth nigh. I've come for 12 seconds and I'm moving on to my sermon. But for 12 seconds I want to remind you Jesus is coming back. You can't deny that truth. We're closer now than we've ever been before. He soon will part the eastern sky and call his bride to be forever with him. Jesus is coming back. I think I told him last night, but that's not just some old sermon that your old pastor used to preach to scare you into the altar. It's a reality. Jesus is coming soon. But with all that being said, that's another sermon for another time. With all that being said, I believe this is the church's greatest hour. 
I know it's dark. I know it's evening time. I know the world's gone crazy. I know midnight is coming. Nightfall is near. But even still, I believe it with everything within me. This is the church's greatest hour. While the church's birth in that Jerusalem upper room stands at the forefront of our identity and existence. It is not the height and it is not the climax of what God truly desires to do in this earth. The book of Acts is our model, but it is not the apex of the apostolic church. I believe that every everything God did then, He is desiring to do now and even more in this day and in this hour. Consider with me even the, the great revivals and, and the spiritual awakenings that have swept across our globe and, and gone down in history as being movements that changed the world. Consider all of those. And while they were unprecedented and they were unparalleled in their day, I believe that even they, as great as they were, failed to scratch the surface of what God was truly able and and willing to do and I believe they have all built up to this day in which you and I now live every great move of God down through the centuries every great revival every great outpouring of God's spirit down through the ages have all led us to this moment in time they have all culminated to this day in which you and I now live And although this day is wearing away, I believe before this day is done, we will see the greatest revival that the world has ever seen. I believe before midnight strikes, we will see an outpouring of God's Spirit like Liberty, Missouri has never seen. I believe before the clock strikes midnight and the trumpet sounds, we'll see more miracles than you've seen in all of your life. You'll see more drug addicts delivered than you've ever seen before. You'll see more drunks sobered up by the power of God than you've seen as of yet. Amen. Between now and the coming of the Lord, we're going to see more backsliders come back than you've seen in all your days. Because this is the day that the Lord hath made. And this day is destined for revival. I wish I had somebody that would lift your hands and give God praise in faith for what you believe is coming. Hallelujah. 
My message is simple. I've preached 35 minutes and 23 seconds, and I'm closing soon. Amen. But my message is simple today. I've come with the help of the Holy Ghost to convince you and to preach it into your spirit. The belief that even in a dark hour, even in this midnight evening hour, the power of God is not limited. And though evil prevails, the power of God is just the same. And God is still able to supply every need. And He is still able to feed them that are hungry. Whatever you do, don't you get discouraged by all the bad that you see on the headlines. You keep your trust and your faith in God. Don't you get discouraged by the diagnosis that the doctor has told you. You keep your trust and your faith in God. Come on, I felt this morning, I preached this last night, and I probably preached it a little more general, but I felt to preach it personal today, into your personal spirit. Amen. I don't know what kind of news you've received here lately. I don't know the bad report that's been delivered and brought a dark cloud hanging over your head. But you hear this preacher from Oklahoma today, it doesn't matter how dark it is, it doesn't matter how bad it seems, God is still able. And even in the darkness, there is a miracle that God has destined for you. Would you lift your hands all over this house right now? I feel the Holy Ghost in this building. I'm closing. Jesus took the non-sufficient food that they had, five loaves and two fish from the boy walking by. And Jesus took that little bit. And he miraculously multiplied the fishes and the loaves enough to feed 5,000 men plus the women and the children. We even get the details that there were 12 baskets of leftover when it was all said and done. Some say in the evening hour, when darkness is around, you can't have revival. God doesn't do the miraculous that devil is a lie. Even in, the, even in the evening hour. Even when darkness was settling in. Even when there was seemingly more doubt than there was faith. God said my power is just the same. And just before midnight strikes. I'm going to perform a great miracle. That feeds not only one. But it feeds a multitude. It might be dark. It might be weary. It might be, it, it might be discouraging at times. But there's a miracle coming before midnight. I wasn't planning on this, and I Holy Ghost is is, is bringing it to me. So I'm gonna share this, and I'm I'm done. We're gonna pray. Just this week, I was I was uh, 
visiting with an evangelist in the United Pentecostal Church International, Brother Victor Jackson. You may have told these stories. But when all the, the rioting and the death of, of, of George Floyd occurred in Minneapolis and the rioting ensued and all of that chaos broke loose, Victor Jackson felt the Lord impress him praying in his home in Florida one evening to fly to Minneapolis and pray for as many people as he could come in contact with. I can't tell you all the story that he told me. He booked a flight, drove all night to an airport, booked a flight, arrived in Minneapolis early on a Saturday morning, I believe it was, just walked through the streets. I believe for six hours he said he was on the streets praying for anybody that he could find. Didn't matter what they looked like, didn't matter who they were, what side of the, of the opinion they were on, he prayed for people. And then he stood at the very intersection in which George Floyd's life was tragically taken from him. And, and that great man of God declared the gospel. He prayed for peace. He prayed for renewing. He prayed, many of you perhaps saw the video on Facebook. He prayed for, for a revival to come to St. Paul, Minneapolis. He prayed that people would repent and be baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost he prayed I don't know that anybody received the Holy Ghost while he was there I don't know that I don't believe he baptized anybody while he was there but he flew I believe it was he was in Houston Texas the next day preaching and at the conclusion of that Sunday he said his phone started blowing up people not just in Minneapolis but people all over the United States heard the gospel that he declared in about a two minute window they heard him give the website upci.org and as he told them find a church and allow God to change your life people from all over the nation found an apostolic church and that next Sunday morning one person he said drove across state lines several hours to get to the nearest apostolic church and they walked in that building and God filled them with the gift of the Holy Ghost And even now, he showed me the video. Even now, after he left, he doesn't even know the people. I don't believe they're in our organization. But now, there is a tremendously large group of people that have gathered in the same spot George Floyd died that same spot that Victor Jackson prayed in authority people have now gathered a preacher set up a horse trough and they are now baptizing them by the multitudes in the name of Jesus I don't think you heard me when the news is saying our world has lost all hope when culture says amen it's all hopeless God said I'll take the darkness and I'll send the greatest revival that this world has ever seen I just believe that today in this service, though the day be dark and the hours seem bleak, I believe God's able to do miracles right here in this building today. 
I said, I believe God's able to do miracles right here today. I don't know what the dark news is that you've been contemplating believing, but I wish you'd hear this preacher today as I tell you the devil is still a liar and God is still on the throne. Even in your darkness, even in your confusion, even in the upheaval in your own spirit, I'm telling you, there's a miracle that God has destined for you in the evening hour. Oh, hands lifted all over this building right now. There's a strong unction of the spirit in this building right now. Hands lifted all over this sanctuary. I wish somebody would let your faith begin to well up within you right now. If you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, evidence of speaking in other tongues, I've come to tell you that this is your day. God desires to fill you with the Holy Ghost on this day. If you need healing in your body, I'm telling you the miracle worker is here. Though this be a desert place and it be a dark hour, I'm telling you the miracle worker is here today. The healer is here today. If you have a need in your life, I wish you'd step out from where you are today. We'll honor social distancing. You don't have to hug up on anybody. But I challenge you to step out from your pew. If you've got a need today, if you need deliverance, if you need healing, if you need a miracle in your body or in your life, I want you to step out from where you are right now and say, Lord, even in the dark hour, even in a dismal day, I believe that you are well able even still to do miracles signs and wonders come on there's needs all over this building there's circumstances all over this house I wish you'd gather in right now if you don't want to come all the way to the front just step out into the aisle amen and say Lord I'm believing on you today for a miracle and a demonstration of your power come on is he not able is he not able I wish you'd take a step of faith come on I wish you'd take a step of faith right now in the name of Jesus that's it with your eyes closed with your hands raised with your voice lifted in faith I want you to begin to give God praise for what you believe he is able to do even in the darkness even amid the evening hour Come on, would you lift those hands right now? I'm getting ready to pray the word of faith right now. I want you to lift your hands high. And whatever it is you need God to do, I want you to believe as if it's getting ready to happen right now. Come on, open up your spirit right now and prepare to receive what God is getting ready to do in this building. Oh, 
I pray right now in the authority of the Word of God and by the power that is in the name of Jesus, I loose miracles, signs, and wonders to be performed in this building today. God, I pray that you would show forth your power. Reveal your glory now in the name of Jesus. Let there be healing now. Let there be deliverance right now. Let there be signs and wonders done now in the name of Jesus. Come on, would you lift your voice in praise? Would you lift your voice in faith? Would you begin to receive the touch of God? Come on, that's it from the altar to the back wall. That's it. Begin to respond to what you feel right now. Let your faith be stirred. If he's ever healed you before, he can do it now. If he's ever answered your prayer before, he can do it now. Even in the evening hour.
never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. 